Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to Marvel's The Pool List. I'm Ryan Panagos, aka Marvel's Agent M, joined by Marvel.com assistant editor Tucker Marcus. Yes, 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 Tucker. Yes. We are here to talk about the comics on sale the week of March 7th, 2018. That's print issues, collections, digital, pizza issues. Ha- hamburger comics oh, yeah mm, hamburger comics right? we gotta take this downstairs Ooh, this is the next big thing yes <laughs> let's go uh, before we do that let's talk about all these books let's dive right in we've got a slew of issues to talk about kick us off tuck the first one is amazing spider-man number 797 it is the first in dan slot's final arc it is kind of hard to believe that we're here this is go down swinging part one of course, written by Dan Slott, pencils by the incredible, the legend, Stuart Immonen, inks by Wade Von Graubadger, colors by Marte Gracia. You can feel the weight of what this storyline and what this story arc that Dan has been building to on its own, even though we're not into the final, final issues just yet. But you can feel the weight of that on every page. It's so cool because we start out with Norman Osborn and he has someone held captive. And it's so cool because the entire issue, he's kind of speaking to the reader and you don't know who he's actually speaking to. We get little captions of the responses. We know that they're tied up. We know that they're helpless. We know that they have some kind of ties to Spider-Man, but we don't know how. So we have that. We have Pete's story as he does some classic Spidey saving the day. He goes into work. The kind of story unfolds that way in a really, really interesting way as we kind of jump between these two lines and where we end up. Obviously, as you're reading, you're trying to guess who might be in the chair. I had a bunch of different theories Mm -hmm. that kind of shifted as I was reading. Yeah, I was like, ooh, it could be this person, but no, oh, they show that person. Right, exactly. As you go through the story, you kind of eliminate people that it could be. And then I was still so surprised when we got to the end. And it it feels so perfect in like these two characters now kind of coming to a head and going up against each other in this arc and to see what might happen. It feels so perfect. It couldn't be a better start to such a monumental arc here. Tucker, you seem so hyped by this. Would this be your pick of the week? This is my pick of the week, 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 week. Wow, that echo in here. We've got to get it fixed. It's (laughs) it's kind of insane. Uh, So- I will hold off. I will tell you, faithful listeners, I do want to talk about the Bone Zone. Oh, yes. Road to the Bone Zone. Some detours to the Bone Zone. I also want to talk about the very end of that book really, like, rattled me. Yes. Uh, We'll we'll get into that on This Week in Marvel later this week. But ahead we go. More comics to talk about. And they're all so fun. Avengers number 683, part nine. Avengers No Surrender is out this week. I just got to make sure y'all know Hulk is coming back. Oh. Like we're getting there. We're getting to the return of the Hulk and they've done it in such a way where it's being teased out and like you've got a picture of him in the credits page and it's just like, ooh. It's like you can hear the footsteps in the distance. It's like your glass of water is kind of shaking and the ripples are happening as he gets nearer and nearer. It's so exciting. Totally. Uh, it's This issue written by, of course, Jim Zub, Mark Wade, and Al Ewing, Art by Paco Medina, inks by Juan Velasco, colors by Jesus Arbretov, and letters by Corey Petit. You know, the last issue, the story's kind of gotten big, 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 with like many characters and, and the teams and the battles and the events over the world and, and beyond and space and stuff. This issue, nah, eight characters, three locations. You've got a battle for Jarvis's life. The truth about Voyager revealed to some, mm-hmm. which was like a dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Plus you got ghosts. I love ghosts. I, I was going to say, you it's so cool. I watched Ghostbusters yesterday. I 
totally love ghosts. It's a true thing about yeah. me. The cool back matter here, it gives us Tom Brevoort's picks for the top five Jarvis stories, uh, which is not a thing you would think about, but it is a great bunch of books and shines a cool light on this unsung hero of the Avengers. And then, like we talked about next week, Hulk's back, baby! There's a Comixology exclusive issue out this week. It's Avengers Back to Basics number one. So make sure you pick it up on your digital app. It's written by Peter David, art by Brian Lovell and Jordan Boyd. Letters by Jimmy Betancourt. It starts out with like Vision has given Kamala a really like super cool VR headset that she can just relive any Avengers adventure oh, yeah. ever. And what does she do? She wants to go to see the Avengers engaging in Ragnarok. There's so many Avengers adventures. Like if I had a headset that could give me everything, mm-hmm. man, I would go to Kree Scroll War. Wow. Yeah, that's where I'd go. That's me. But, you know, she she goes and checks this out. It's got lots of Peter David humor and his dips into all the Marvel lore of the Marvel Universe, of course. Brian Level's art super cool on this one. Uh, he goes really creepy in some places. There's this shot of Loki who pops up in the book. If we're talking about Ragnarok, got to talk about Loki. But Loki comes up and he's the lighting is really good. Jordan Boyd's colors are, are really on point. The way he looks, he's so sinister. He's got his eyeliner on. I love Loki with, you know, a nice bit of gothy eyeliner. Oh, yeah. Maybe makes me real into it there's also a scene a little bit later where there's a character who's essentially just melting away and really creepy and they're like their smile in this black smoky bit mm. yeah it's, it, mm. it's really cool there's also a part where jarvis gets a great moment speaking of jarvis from earlier with a what's the thing in Shaun of the dead that sean hits people with uh, a cricket bat cricket bat yeah. yeah jarvis hits somebody with a cricket bat because you <laughs> wanted to see that it yeah. happens in here it's really great and the cutest little horror moment with fenris wolf it's adorable. There's actually a great interview with both Peter David and Brian Level about Avengers Back to Basics on Marvel.com right now. It's so interesting to hear how they tell the story and what unique elements making it a digital exclusive on Comixology introduces to the way Brian, you know, drew the story, for example, and and and, and has your eye go from panel to panel. It's really, really interesting. So check that out. Nita. The next issue is Black Bolt number eleven. It is written, of course, by Saladin Ahmed. Art by Christian Ward. This is the penultimate issue of this kind of landmark, incredible, mind-blowing run here. We, we've had so much of Black Bolt in this story, so much with Blinky, uh, and now I feel like the story is starting to reverberate out to the rest of the Inhuman Royal Family in such an interesting way, and, and how Black Bolt relates to them, what they mean to him and kind of how it all affects each other at the same time. It feels like the perfect moment in this larger story to bring in these other elements that have been there before, that have kind of come and gone, that have played a big part, but now are coming back. And we're finally seeing like a lot of things coming back around to affect Black Bolt in a huge way. I'll just say the end of this story is insane. We have a couple of really awesome, excellent cliffhanger stories this week. And this one was just so mind-blowing, like twice. It's like <laughs> it, it, there's something mind-blowing happens and then it comes back and hits you again with something else immediately as you're still reeling. It is so great. Nothing else can be said about Christian Ward's art. Can I say something about Christian Please. Ward's art? He's an absolute lord. Yeah. Like I, I think I want to give him the title. Christian of- Ward, my Christian Lord. Lord. Lord Christian <laughs> Ward. He is... 
so good. You've got the cute lockjaw moments, which he he does oh, so well. So good. So good. The trippy mindscape pages, yeah. you know, where you, you get into Black Bolt's head that have like watercolor looks to them or the MC Escher type of mm-hmm. imagery and things going on. Or he, he handles the pain and the sorrow. Master and, of Ceremonies Escher. Yes. Yeah. Master of Ceremonies Escher. He is my favorite 90s rapper. Uh, <laughs> and like the sorrow and the joy and the pain. There's a moment with Titania right towards the end mm-hmm. with like tears welling up in her eyes. It's just, oh, just punches you in the stomach and then hugs you and says, it's going to be okay. This, this series has done that thing that I feel like happens very rarely where you get a writer, you get an artist, and it just propels them to a level where now I'll just read any thing that Saladin does. I'll buy anything that Christian Ward does because they're such unique storytellers. And that is all down to this series. It's so, so great. Yeah. Wee-oo, wee-oo, wee-oo. Favorite line alert. Uh, Saladin Ahmed, who I can speak effusively about, he has one of my favorite lines that he writes for this week. It's a description about Black Ball. Right at the beginning of the issue, he's, he's poison and he's feeling this fear and the terror and anger at seeing the return of the jailer which we saw at the end of last issue. And this happens. uh, And of course, Christian crushing like the jailer and how horrible it is. But the the caption box there and and what it says, quote, poison flows through Black Bolt's blood and his mind can hardly hold what his eyes are seeing. It's really simple, but it's just the imagery, Mm -hmm. the the feeling of the poison. And it's, you know, it's going through his blood. and It's messing with Black Bolt. Everything about it, it evokes so much that even without the art, it would be, Riveting. Yeah, it's so visceral. It's great. Visceral. Great word for it. Yes. Next is Captain America number 699. We're getting towards the end of Chris Somney's run. He's retiring from comics, so I hear. Bye. Bon voyage. But right now he's doing stellar work with Mighty Mark Way. The two of them are storytellers on Captain America with Colors by the almighty Matt Wilson. Can I just say something so fast about Matt Wilson? I was reading this book. I didn't look at the, the title page and the credits page before I got into it, I was reading it and like halfway through I stopped and I was like, who is, who does the color on this book? Because it's so good. And I went back to the credits and I was like, I just said, of course, that's in my notes. I just said, of course it's Matt Wilson. That's right. We need t-shirts that says, of course it's Matt Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that'd be so good. Anyway, letters by VC's Joe Caramagna. And there's a really neat use of Cap Shield in this. One thing I've never seen before. So they put explosives on the inside of Cap Shield where the arm handles, that's what you call the inside of a shield, yeah. right? Hey, you got them arm handles in your shield? Uh, <laughs> where those are. And he holds it with that facing out. So he uses it like a blast. Mm. You know, it's like the it explodes. And because the shield's vibranium and, and adamantium and whatever it is, it doesn't hurt him. And it just shoots it out like a weapon. It's really neat and inventive. I love the heck out of that. Chris Somney, master of all things, has designed the grossest villain here, King Baby, when we really yeah. finally see him. Yeah. And like... Poor this King Baby guy. Just how? He's got his weird head. What's going on? Gross eye. Yeah. I also feel like I want to eat his head. It looks like a block (laughs) of cheese. Like a cheese head. Yeah. 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 And he's just like, I'm just going to gnaw on your head, bud. That's a thing. (laughs) One thing really tough to see in comics, Ben Grimm crying. Yeah. That moment. Yeah. Ooh, Ben Grimm crying. He's been through a lot. I was gutted. Gutted. And then he goes from right from sadness to anger. I read this issue while wearing a thing tee that we did, a collaboration between Marvel and Stussy from a couple years ago. It just says it's clobbering time. See, 
I get Ben Grimm. I'm hip. <laughs> I'm with it. So really good Ben Grimm stuff all over this. Of course, you have Crucial Cap stuff. And, you know, he's got the, the stand up against Great Evil, the bow up and look Thanos in the face type of cap that I can do this all day long type of cap. Has my favorite panel of the week or one of them at least cap. And he's like triumphant, defiant against King Baby. And he's just like holding them there. And he's just like, Ugh. such an awesome cap moment. Next up is Doctor Strange Damnation number two. It's written by both Nick Spencer and Donny Cates. Art by Simon Kudransky and with colors by Dan Brown. Not that Dan Brown. Colorist Dan Brown. What Dan Brown? Uh, you know, Dan oh, Brown. is that the Flight of the Demons Man? Some, uh, <laughs> yep. T- Tom, yeah, we'll leave Tom it there. Hanks versus the Devil. Flight of the Demons. And, you know, appropriate. Maybe there's something about guys named Dan Brown and the Devil, because this story is all about Mephisto. It's all about Las Vegas. Some insane stuff went down at the end of the last issue. And this number two is all about this excellent, like super sharp, super badass, great exchanges, awesome fire and hellstorm team up that happens here as the different players come together, the different good guys, they end up at Sanctum Sanctorum kind of just discussing what to do, how to take on the devil. And the way they get along and really don't get along is so, so good. Like the first quarter of this book is like Ocean's Eleven. Yes. You know, like the mo- the montage yes. of, of, of them getting everybody. Wong is the mix of George Clooney and Brad Pitt yes. going and, and getting the crew together and then putting them together. And then there's all the bickering and the antics. I friggin' loved it. It's appropriate too, because as it's, you know, Las Vegas, I wonder if that was a, an inspiration. But this issue, has two picks that are kind of battling it out in my head for panel of the week Mm. or in this case it would be splash of the week there's a half page here that is just so badass is not the word it doesn't even come close it's so sick to see all these different players who fit perfectly into this storyline who all bring different little elements that work so well with this supernatural story and they're all going at it they're kind of flying through the uh, it just looks so cool i'm gonna give this panel my butt of the week because iron fist butt is that thing is rock hard Oh my God, that thing, you can't even go near it. it <laughs> yeah. ex- it's like a, the, it's the power of a thousand exploding suns. Iron Fist? How about Iron Butt? <laughs> <laughs> is, is that it? Is yeah, that that's what really we got? Yeah. Okay, good. No, Fanny good. Rand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. You've, also, one thing that was cool was seeing um, Scarlet Spider in the issue. Yes. Uh, I, I was really glad because he's, Obviously in Vegas, that was part of his deal in the in the Ben Riley comic right now. So seeing him show up and he'd be like, I, I live here. Yeah, yeah. And guys, what's up? Uh, it was really cool. All right. You know the scene at the end of David Tennant's run of yes. Doctor Who? I think about it. I think about that probably once every couple months. All the time, yeah, right? Yeah. And when he's, he's in the TARDIS and he's about ready to regenerate and he says, I don't want to go. Like, that is how I feel about this. I don't want it to end. I'm I'm talking about Hawkeye, number 16. This has been one of my absolute favorite comics maybe we've ever published. Uh, It's it's very high in my, like, love for the medium. Mm -hmm. It's up there for me easily with the Matt Fraction, David Aha run. So good. It's so right. Everything about it clicks for me. It was written by Kelly Thompson. Art by Leonardo Romero. Colors by Jordi Belair. Letters by Joe Sabino. Oh, man. 
this is, it goes out in style. I'll just say that. You know, you, you've got your your big final fight with Kate and Clint, and they're taking on Eden Vale and Madame Mask and and her cavalcade of no goodniks. That is what I want to call them from now on. Yeah. Cavalcade of no goodniks. <laughs> uh, and and you've got your your two Wiseacre Hawkeyes against impossible odds. So fun. Two bits of surprising help that come in at times, but really it's all about Kate and a little bit of Clint. But really about Kate, their plans, their snark, their silly asides, their trick arrows. So fun, but also so full of emotion. Ian Vale, really cool character that was introduced in the Generations book for Hawkeye. She can essentially teleport people across time, which you know is a really neat idea. But in here, you you see that it's not permanent. Mm -hmm. And so the implications for that become so heartbreaking on a number of levels for the various characters. You feel for what she's lost, for who she blames, for how she's going about things, how she's being manipulated. She is such a sympathetic villain, even though she is, yes, the villain. The rap for what happens with her got me a little choked up. There's the the scene in here where you you really get a sense of her why of it all. Mm -hmm. Crushing. Yeah. Just absolutely crushing. This is the end of the run but it's not the end of the story for for hawkeye there's a very mysterious couple of panels with madame mask and another character at the end uh as well as the note that kate bishop will return in august i know the project do you know the project i I do good Uh, so excited yeah i'm very excited by it so if you like us are big hawkeye fans big kate bishop fans big kelly thompson fans big leonardo romero fans um, there'll be more of all of them everywhere as much as we can get so I thank them for their runs on this. It was tremendous. Absolutely. And a similar lesson that we take from Hawkeye where the end of this run doesn't mean the end of the character. It doesn't mean the end of these creators work on the character. All of that kind of stuff where it's not a goodbye. It's a see you soon can be felt similarly in Iceman. This is number 11. This is the final issue of Iceman. It's written by Cine Grace, art by Robert Gill with Cine Grace, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. We get a really loving, wonderful kind of strange at times, interesting, daring story here from Cinna that we take Bobby Drake's story out on. It is pretty much completely emblematic of what we have come to expect from the series, but with a really interesting kind of, like I was saying, daring narrative twist that I love. But anyway, I, first of all, I just love to see a, 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 a creator with that amount of talent that they can just jump across media like that but he was on women of marvel recently as well right yes uh, and he was great he's, yeah. he's just fantastic you should listen to him whenever he's on i first heard him on john gabris's podcast high and mighty that was the first time i like listened yeah. to him it's funny somewhere. that you mentioned that real quick aside i saw a couple of tweets of yours and i was like of course at agent m listens to high and mighty yeah. it makes perfect sense i do too do you maybe it makes less sense i'm trying to get john to come next time he's in Mar- he's in New York. I want him to come by. I, I, it's wow. It's actually really funny you're bringing this up because maybe a couple months ago I saw him tweet about, and he was reading the trade paperback of Iceman. And he was yeah. just talking about how much he loves it, all of that. And I did the same thing. I tweeted. I was like, please, please come by. He's one of my favorite comedians. I first connected with Gabriel. Sorry, this is we're gonna. <laughs> you know what? We'll talk about this another time. All right. Uh, of, of why we, we got connected with John when we have him in the office. Put a pin in it. Anyway. This is a great generational Bobby Drake story that kind of spans his life and his journey as a hero, as a gay man, as uh, someone who has really come into his own in this series. And like I was saying, similarly to Hawkeye, but different because we'll have to wait a lot less to get his next story because Iceman skates straight from the pages of this 
literally directly into the pages of X-Men Gold, and we pick up immediately with him in that book. And it's so great to see because Bobby Drake has just been at, he's been given so many more dimensions in the story. So I love to, to be able to follow him that way. And he's, uh, a, he's a feature in X-Men Gold. Yeah. Like yeah. he's got a huge role. Yeah. yeah. And cool. so uh, it's a, it's a great farewell. Cine Grace has done an incredible job on this series. So many people have given it so much plaudits and it's so well-deserved. You hit all the emotional things. Uh, one of the, the cool parts of that whole emotional story in here was it was a story about coming out yeah. and it was, I you know, Bobby, helping another mutant come out mm-hmm. and it's like Senna has some really neat things to talk about that in the issue but you missed one of my favorite things about it Tucker yeah it opens on a date oh, yes. between Iceman and Richter and look like Richter with that great mustache and my favorite thing is he's like he's only got eyes for Shatterstar but <laughs> who doesn't who do- I was about to say that you know yeah two blades on each sword he's got four blades if he holds out his two swords he's got so many blades he's got cool facial tattoos the long luxurious hair he's yeah, a badass fighter abs for days yeah we're all in it for Shatterstar. Yeah. i get it it's good all right next book is a mighty one it is infinity countdown number one who boy who boy this is like 800 pages yeah and it doesn't stop it's so good so many things going on this i'm just gonna say right now this is one of my picks of the week. It is packed with cool things. I got so jazzed about it. There's beautiful art in here by Aaron Cooter with colors by Jordi Belair. It's written by Jerry Duggan. Letters by Corey Petit. There's tons of Drax moments. There's the Guardians versus the Gardener. Uh, we've got a battle for the Power Stone between Drax and the Nova Corps together versus the Order of the Raptors. Also, the Chitari show up. We will talk about it so much more on This Week in Marvel later in the week. Next up is Marvel Studios' Ant-Man and the Wasp Prelude. It's written by Will Corona Pilgrim, pencils by Chris Allen, inks by Roberto Poggi, colors by Guru EFX. I am so happy to see Ant-Man in kind of the main story in a comic book again with this. The character takes advantage of the medium in such a unique and wonderful way as we scale up and scale down and go through all these different places with the humor, with the action. It feels so unique. One thing that really caught my eye specifically with this issue was the lettering. I thought it just told the story so wonderfully. It's by Travis Lanham. Uh, and there are a couple t- times when he goes down to Ant-Man's eyes. It's just perfect onomatopoeia of collection that just feels, <laughs> it feels I, so right. I thought you you shrank down there for a second. It was so crazy. <laughs> this, uh, of course, uh, ties into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We have yet to see how it ties into other stories going on in there. But this will prime us well for Ant-Man and the Wasp which is coming later this year. Like I was saying, I'm so happy to see Ant-Man in a comic book. And, you know, it's the perfect timing because Mark Wade and Javier Garone are going to be writing Ant-Man and the Wasp as a, a series starting on June 6th. So this felt like not only the perfect primer for the film, but a perfect primer for these characters as we go into the comic. Right on. Next, we have Rise of the Black Panther, number three, written by Evan Narcisse, consulting by ta Coates, art by Paul Renaud, colors by Stefan Petro, and letters by Joe Sabino. This has one of my favorite things I maybe have ever seen in comics. It's Namor, under sea, on his throne, hanging out with his Atlantean people, watching TV. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I just, for some reason, I like, I know that they have warships and all this other, uh, all the technology that Atlanteans have, but I'm like... Ooh, Atlantean TV. <laughs> What's that like? I want more of that. But it was just a little thing, but it's funny and cool and weird. 
this is a lot of T'Challa doing political maneuvering or sciencing mm-hmm. or fighting. He's showing off all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, you can see by the cover, it is through features Winter Soldier. It's got that Iron Man guy. It's got intrigue. Mm-hmm. It's got some cool stuff sort of showing that what we thought was T'Challa being a little naive right. and, and opening Wakanda to people was him just being like two steps ahead. Mm-hmm. It felt like if you love the movie, this feels like a spiritual sequel in a way where it's like we know about Wakanda now. We're seeing how the world reacts and it just does it so beautifully. Next is Rogue and Gambit number three. It's written by Kelly Thompson, who we can't get enough of. Art by Perry Perez. Colors by Frank D'Armada. Letters by Joe Caramagna. This, I mean, we had an allusion to the Bone Zone earlier, mm-hmm. but wowie. Yeah. I, this wowie. Is, this is a sexy comic. This is just like, Woo. it is beautifully done. It's, it's a sexy comic, not just because we're, we're full on in the Bone Zone. Yes. Here. And believe me, we have entered... The bone, zone. the bone zone but the writing and the art everything comes together and it's like there's just so much heat yes. to it like ah, you guys <laughs> so hot there's an incredible cover from chris anka that i really really love up there for cover of the week it is so good this series has been about rogan gambit kind of facing their past in a lot of ways facing their history together because they've been sent out on this mission by kitty pride by themselves so they not only have to confront their enemy but they have to kind of confront what is going on whatever is going on between them and i'll just say that this issue takes that to a new level it makes that real in a new and different way that feels so right and so interesting at the same time and i don't know i feel like it throws a lot of things up in the air in a a couple of really interesting ways just in a way that it just introduces tension in a really unique way and i feel like the footing that i had going into this issue has kind of been shaken a little bit and Mm -hmm. i'm not 100 percent sure where we're going to go from here but i loved it i I loved it too so much that is one of my picks of the week i will talk about it even more on this week in marvel but i do want to say that it has my One of my favorite lines of the week, it is Rogue uppercutting the hell out of someone, literally hitting them so hard they fly out of their shoes. (laughs) And her line is, flip-flops don't go with fight scenes, girl. (laughs) Flip-flops don't go with fight scenes, girl. Wow. Is that that, that that Southern enough? I was like a bit like Texas Rogue. Like she was just a bit too far west. Mm, But it was close. Yeah. Hey, y'all, flip-flops don't go with fight scenes, girl. I was getting there. Yeah. I was getting, getting there. there. More of that kind okay. of, yeah. Cool, 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 yeah. cool, cool, cool. <laughs> All right, up next is She-Hulk number 163, written by Mariko Tamaki, art by Diego Orlotegui, colors by Federico Blee, letters by Travis Lanham. We just have a, uh, a sort of one-off story here. It picks up with Jen and Patsy. Patsy Walker, Hellcat, Jen Walters, She-Hulk, the two of them, their friendship is really at the core. There's law stuff here. There's prejudice, mutant jerks, uh, or anti-mutant jerks, I should say, humor, especially with Patsy. Uh, Mariko writes a hell of a Patsy Walker, a Mm -hmm. lot of fun, ready to fight, so good. Badass moments like She-Hulk all greened out and ready to throw down in Times Square. It was really good. Beautiful art in this big splash page where she just looks like she's wearing this great dress Mm -hmm. that she's just completely destroyed. hulking out but she doesn't care she is angry it looks awesome uh we get a really cool introduction of a new mutant as well called burn i hope we see more of her this is the final issue Mm. of she hulk but as we said earlier if you love mariko tamaki i'll just say stay tuned Mm. because great things are coming and she hulk will be in avengers 
yes. by Jason Aaron and Ed McGinnis. Next up is Spider-Man number 238. It's written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Oscar Balzadua, colors by Brian Ruber. I'll just say it, Sinister Six on a helicarrier. Come on. It's bad news. It's bad news. It is good news for you, the reader, because it is so cool. So fun to see. I love the conflict that has been drummed up in this arc specifically for Miles because we know he's conflicted as a superhero, but now he has this extra layer going up, you know, and contending with his Uncle Aaron in a really unique way. There's just some great high flying action scenes throughout this. Red Hulk. Yeah. Red Hulk. Sunglasses at night kind of guy, too. Yeah. Think about that. He wears his sunglasses when he fights on the helicarrier. Yeah, I don't think we have to pay for that one. (laughs) Yes. I really loved this issue. I love Miles. He's one of my favorite characters. The end, I will say, this is one of those endings that I was alluding to earlier. It's insane. Mm -hmm. Someone shows up that like, I am so excited to see Miles Spider-Man go up with against i don't know and just the way the panels are laid out here is so cinematic i feel like brian does this so well but it's nuts i will say that miles parents are in that scene and the scene is so good because miles's mom is just she's momming yeah she's like yeah no 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 i don't give a crap who you are this is my son we're talking about yeah, like, yeah you tell him there's also speaking of moms there's a my favorite moment of the issue is sandman stepping up to get in the way of mom bombshell because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. she's being abusive and horrible to baby bombshell but sandman gets up in there he's like you will not talk to her like that way you will yeah. not like yeah. he's like i've had enough of this he's he's a bad guy but People don't have to remember, Sandman has been a reserve Avenger. He's had history. Yeah. That moment there spoke to me of of just at the core of his character, there's something good. Yeah. And I really loved it. It, it, it targeted that perfectly. That's what makes a great villain. All right. Next is Star Wars number 44. This is Mutiny at Mon Cala. I don't, for some reason, I never realized that it was Mon Cala or Cala. Right. I just always thought it was like. Calamari, or right. you know, like because well, yeah, I'm a I mean, stupid idiot. Well, it kind of is, though, yeah. you know, like. But the, the people are the Mon Calamari. Yes, right? that's right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Anyway, it's, it's Squid Planet. Squid Planet. That's what you need to know. Uh, but it, oh, you're the Star Wars expert. Do we know? Have we known a lot about this planet? Over Mon, the yeah, Mon Cala is one of those fringe planets that has been explored in a lot of different mm. ways. You know, extended universe certainly, uh, but yeah, this is a great issue that kind of dives into it in the comic level in a really, really interesting way. They have giant monsters yeah, there. Yeah. Those are super cool. They were like beautifully colored. Creative team on this is written by Kieran Gillen, art by Salvador LaRocca, gorgeous colors by Guru Effects. Uh, yeah, it's the home planet of Admiral Akbar. You want to know more about that? Because yeah. I know I do want to, I want to know more about that. And there's diplomacy and all kinds of wackiness, but like the the relationships between Admiral Akbar and the head of the Moncala people is really cool. I won't like I hope we get to see more of that. Leia has her ways to try to sway favor and it's it's great. She's she's so cool. She's so smart and Kieran has been building up his plans for her yes. and the way she's working with another character that's been in the book recently. I'm being vague cuz I don't want to spoil anything, but cuz I think it's kind of cool uh, if you've been cool. reading Star Wars very heavily. Venom number 163 is written by Colin Bunn, art by Edgar Salazar and Ariel Anunditu, colors by Donio Sanchez Almara, and inks by Alan Martinez. We continue to spin out into space in this Poison X story. This is the conclusion of the Poison X story, and it takes place after X-Men Blue number 22. That's important here. It's so cool to see Jean Grey, that vague anti-hero quality that she has capitalized on here as... 
poison Jean Grey. It's so cool. It's so cool to see all that history there to 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 import that into this story as the X-Men deal with the symbiote but also utilize it and just like it's so messy there are so many different angles to this but there's some incredible art here it's so dynamic some really really great colors going on there's an interesting thing with the art here there could be like these really fine detail lines but then these big sweeping like battle scenes and i don't know how it's done in in a reasonable amount of time yes yeah yeah like i said it, it it continues to go out in this bigger and bigger cosmic sense and though poison x ends here this story will continue much like I, I feel like Jerry Duggan's Guardians of the Galaxy has kind of spun into this major, massive, crazy thing that has really informed Infinity Countdown. This story, Poison X and the Venom crossovers will continue to spin out of control as we go into Venomized number one. And that's going to be written by Colin Bunn with art by Ivan Coelho. And that will inevitably lead to the new Venom series. Can I speak your language for a moment? P- please. So... I was reading this and I was like, wait a minute. This is the end of Empire Strikes Back. This yes. Poison X has been Empire Strikes Back. Right. Venomverse was a new hope. Right. Uh, Venomized will be Return of the Jedi. Because yeah. like, if you think about it, the first one, you, you know, you sort of built, but they beat the giant evil. Yes. The good guys won. You felt like it was a big thing. Great. That was the end. This one ends on such a like, it ends on a downer. Yeah. There's multiple deaths. There's big problems. Even the, the things that you think are saved aren't quite saved and it's almost like there's the scene of like looking out on the cosmos looking out on this landscape that happens there and it reminded me so much of empire which is great praise because it's empire yeah uh so yeah i'm excited for venomized it's so cool to see those big story arcs emerge over the course of these crossovers it's so great heck yeah all right next is x-men gold number 23 written by mark guggenheim Art by Tony Silas, colors by Arif Prianto, and letters by Corey Petit. This has Callisto in it. Callisto is, she's awesome. She was the leader of the Morlocks. For a while, she had tentacles, which she didn't normally, like, she didn't originally have tentacles. Mm-hmm. Later on, she had tentacles, and those were, there was some, like, scheming, you know, shenanigans that gave her tentacles. Do, do we know how many she had? Too many for it to be safe. You, I or, mean, I guess you could call it, that. I guess you could say that she had more than tentacles. <sighs> Evil producer Brandon just up and left. We're we're here on our own now. Oof. The uh, she's but she's awesome. She is tentacle free in this. Yeah, she still has Less her eye patch. She still has her eye patch. She's just an awesome character. There was there's classic story. If you want to know something about her, classic run back in the day, Uncanny X Men. She and Storm fought to be sort of leaders of the Morlocks. Great story. She's cool. She's always been around. You know the Morlocks always bummed me out because the Morlocks were like. Mutants who were, quote unquote, forced to live in the sewers because they were, you know, they looked really weird and they were bad, whatever. Why would the X-Men and Xavier not just be like, we will literally build another building on our palatial estate. Charles Xavier is a friggin' millionaire. He will (laughs) give you everything. You want to live in in the sewers, but they're just like fake sewers, but you'll have all the food and water and clean everything that you need. Here, come live with us. Why would they not have done that? Well, I guess, I don't know. Maybe that's just the... I don't accept it. Okay. 
<laughs> anyway, this isn't about the Morlocks. This is about the X-Men are in jail. Our, our core X-Men mm-hmm. gold team, they've been in jail because of uh, Mesmero, last issue. So we we have what you talked about earlier. Iceman comes in. He is now a leader. He is the leader of this X-Men gold team, this, this sort of backup reserve unit, yeah. which includes Magma, Inc., Armor, Magic, and Rogue. Super fun team. It's got This issue has a very old-school, classic Chris Claremont feel throughout it, which is just lovely. There's especially like this one-page interlude, something you would see yeah. back in the day. It was just like, you know, you have your story, you're going, you're going, you're going, and then boom, you get one page that just shows you a character, gives you a little setup, and you're out. You yeah. know, nothing more to it that is very old-school X-Men, old-school comics. I loved it a lot. With them in prison, this is very Orange is the new gold. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Right? Now you're speaking my language. Now, Yeah, I'm I'm on Tucker's (laughs) level now. Heaven help us all. (laughs) The last book this week is X-Men Red, number two. It's written by Tom Taylor, art by Mahmoud Azrar, colors by Yves Forcina, letters by Corey Petit. This is my cover of the week. It's Travis Charest. It's just ridiculously gorgeous, detailed, wonderful picture of Nightcrawler who's one of my favorite X-Men. I just love it. It's it's gritty. It's awesome. There's just incredible colors and lighting on it. So cool. The story itself, I, I'm really intri- intrigued by where X-Men Red is going because it it's taking such great inspiration of the kind of legendary hated and feared you know, mantra about the X-Men and putting it into action in really interesting kind of political ways and really into 2018 in a really fascinating way where the media plays a part and the perception of Jean and her team is kind of shaped by a lot of different figures and motives and things like that. So this feels like this team trying to find the people that they can trust, trying to find the people they can relate to and kind of trying to find their place in the the, the this business of superheroics. And I'm really loving it so much. I'm looking at an incredible full page spread. Two page spread. Two, Two pages. One uh, full page is just one page. Oh, interesting. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yes. Spread would be one page. Yes. Yes. Two page spread. I, yes. I, I. I. Yes. I knew this. Yes. I learned. I. I didn't. I thought the same way you did at first, but I learned right. that over the years. Yes. Uh, but it's so cool because just how the the narrative kind of spreads around this image uh, of Gene is just so cool. It, it's yeah. super graphic and awesome. Mahmoud is so good, so smart and interesting a storyteller. I got to say one of the big benefits for me in this book, great art, everything is cool, but we get more Honey Badger, yeah. more Wolverine, more Jonathan the Wolverine at times, but really more Honey Badger is just, is everything I need in life. She's magic. Tom Taylor is magic. Yep. This book is magic. And there's really cool back matter at the end there about the designs for the X-Men Red Team and what their look is all about. That was by Mahmood. And, you know, we're still in the phase of the of the story where they're putting the team together, mm-hmm. uh, which is super neat. And I'm excited. Lots more to come. Oh, yeah. Uh, you picked a, co- a cover of the week. I, I don't know. I've been torn about it. I think I'm going to go with Rise of the Black Panther, yeah. number three. It's a Brian Stelfreeze cover. It's super cool. You know, you got... Winter Soldier, Iron Man, it's just, it's neat. Yep. It's really cool. That would be the books of the week, but there are two True Believers $1 Venom books out this week. Symbiosis, number one, which reprints Web of Spider-Man, number one, and True Believers Venom versus Spider-Man, number one, which reprints Amazing Spider-Man, number 300. If you've never read them, they're both a buck this week. You cannot go wrong, believe you me. 
All right, up next, we've got collections out this week. Uh, we got a bunch of cool stuff. Avengers and the Infinity Gauntlet, trade paperback. Daredevil by Mark Wade and Chris Somney. Omnibus Volume 2, hardcover. Deadpool Minibus Volume 0, hardcover. Here is the Wham Bam. Thank you, ma'am. Need this right now. Put it in my mouth. I love it so much. It's oh, yeah. The Infinity Gauntlet hardcover slipcase box set. It is going to cost you not one, not two, not three, not four, but $500. <laughs> yes. But, you know, it's so jam-packed with stuff. You get these beautiful, big reprints of Infinity Gauntlet, all in hardcover. Infinity Gauntlet, the Infinity Gauntlet Aftermath, Infinity Gauntlet Prelude, Infinity War, Infinity War Aftermath, the Infinity Crusade event. All of that in big hardcovers. It's got beautiful design. It is a lot. That's for the truest believers. Yes. I really want one. I really, really want one. Uh, and I'm not a big omnibus sort of guy because yeah. they're very large. Yeah. When you have a book like this. There's like, one story these that big is big hardcovers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So cool. Anyway, that is out this week. We've got Moon Knight by Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Malev in hardcover. A new printing of the Century Trade paperback. Spider-Man Deadpool by Joe Kelly and Ed McGinnis hardcover. And Unbeatable Squirrel Girl Volume 3 hardcover. All right, so we talked about the books out this week. The digital exclusive book was Avengers Back to Basics, number one. Also on the Marvel app this week, we have Avengers Infinity, one through four, Captain America Comics, 76 through 78, Mark Spector, Moon Knight, eight through 10, and The Nom, 21 through 30. There are also a bunch of digital collections out this week. You can see the full list on uh, marvel.com in the Marvel News Story. We'll put the link in the show notes, but choice one there for me is Spider-Man, the Marvel team-up by Claremont and Byrne, which, yeah, if you didn't know, Chris Claremont, John Byrne, they worked together on a number of projects, including Marvel Team Up. So not just their X-Men around. They've done great stuff together many times. On the freshly digitized front for new comics on Marvel Unlimited, tons of stuff. We're adding old issues, new issues, recent stuff. Great issue of Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer's Supreme. Generations Hawkeye, which is, mm -hmm. if you you know hear me talking about that the Hawkeye book and how much I love it, the Generations issue of Hawkeye is in Marvel Unlimited this week, and I promise you it's really, really great. There's also, as we mentioned last week on This Week in Marvel, y'all have asked for the Panther's Rage storyline to be added to Marvel Unlimited. And so we added Jungle Action. That's where the, the story originally ran. Issues 8 through 22 and 24 of Jungle Action. Don McGregor, Rich Buckler, a classic uh, Black Panther story. Definitely influenced not just the film, but storytellers like, uh, you know, the, the stories we've seen from Christopher Priest, Ta-Nehisi Coates, Evan Narciss, those writers and, and the work that they've put into building Black Panther over the years comes, you know, on the back of this story, mm -hmm. which is great. That's what's out uh, on Marvel Unlimited this week. But if you want a quick little preview of what's coming for the rest of the month. I do, Tucker. There is an article up right now on Marvel.com. Go check it out. We can see what's going to come throughout the entire month of March. Yeah. All right. That about wraps it up for the pull list. Reminder, uh, this is going to give you your pull list every week. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening to it on SoundCloud, check it out on iTunes or wherever you get your episodes. If you're checking it out on Marvel.com, give us a like, give us a subscribe on your podcast app of choice. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in a couple days with This Week in Marvel. This is Marvel. Your universe.